Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep the special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Lydian. Hi, um, I'm Lydian. I'm a compulsive overeater. I want to thank Mickey for asking me uh, to share tonight, and uh, I want to thank um, Iski for coming out with me today. Um, I'm, I'm sponsoring Iski, and I um, just started working the first step today and um, this morning, and uh, it's it's always a good thing for me to do that. I mean, I uh, you know I want to be a part of the solution. I want to be a part of the chain, you know, and I don't want it to stop. You know, somebody took the time to show me how to do the steps, and, and as a result of that, I've had a spiritual awakening, and, and I feel like it's important that I keep that going, you know, and I really appreciate you being in my life, yeah, definitely. Um, I'll tell you uh, a little bit about what I was like, what happened, and what I'm like now, and uh, I, uh, I'm i in two programs. I've been sober for a little over 22 years, and uh, I've been in OA for a little over seven years, and um, I... Um, you know, I grew up in Kentucky, and um, and um, I, you know, I, I had a pretty normal childhood, I think. You know, except that, uh, you know, my mom got divorced when when I was uh, two years old, and she married somebody else, and um, they uh, changed their name, uh, and I, I had a different name. And actually, Lydian isn't my real name. I actually came out here to be a rock star. It didn't work out too well. Ended up in program, <laughs> and uh, I changed my name. Anyway, my real name's Robert Plunkett. But anyway, so what happened? Uh, so uh, what what happened was, uh, you know, my parents got divorced, and she she remarried, and she started having other kids, and uh, and they changed their name, and, and I felt a little different. You know, I felt like you know my dad left me, and uh, you know here I am, I'm with this other family now, and they have different last names, so. Um, and I, I don't know if that contributed to my disease or not, but it sure did make me feel a little different um, back then. And um, I was raised part of the time by my uh, great-grandmother, and uh, she had a redneck honky-tonk bar in, in Kentucky. And uh, I, I just loved that place. I, I loved everything about it. They had, like, uh, these jukeboxes, and the records would spin around. So if you don't know what a jukebox is, they play these little plastic records that spin around. And... Um, but anyway, I loved going in there, and they had these colorful labels. I watched those, and and, I, and they had a bandstand, and I loved messing around with the instruments and everything. I ended up becoming a musician, and um, I uh, I started uh, drinking a lot and, and using drugs at a, a real early age, and uh, kind of overshadowed my eating, I think, in a big way. Um, I... Uh, um, so, you know, it, it's kind of unusual for me to pitch like this because, I mean, I, I actually went through the steps in AA, had a spiritual awakening, and got, got into OA. But um, I'll, I'll just tell you uh, what happened to me, you know. Um, I, um, we, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, anyway, what happened was I, um, 
I got into a, a punk transvestite band back in Kentucky called the Thrusters, and um, and I ended up uh, shaving my eyebrows off and dyeing my hair blue black. And uh, I was playing in this band, and uh, we were getting paid um, with beer uh, by the the lead singer. He his parents died when he was real young, and they left him with a a trailer park and a bar. And uh, so we were the house band at the uh, uh, at his bar, and we got paid with beer and everything. So, I, uh, you know, I, I things things were really uh, like I had this real colorful life back then, you know. And uh, like I said, it, it really kind of overshadowed everything that I did, you know. Um, but I, I was uh, shooting second alls and pergadans at, at the age of 16. I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to die young. I wanted to be rich and famous and use a lot of drugs and alcohol. So that's what I set out to do. And um, my wife and I, uh, my wife, uh, she was a groupie in that band. And we uh, we hooked up and then we actually moved out here. And... Um, so she she says that I should always tell this, and I you know I, I uh, I'm involved in H and I uh, and AA, and I go to prisons and stuff like that. And sometimes when I tell this, I, I'm not really sure if I'm going to get out of here alive or not. But anyway, I came out here. I um, and uh, I um, you know wanted to be a rock star. I, I learned this uh, this uh, flame dance from this. Uh, 65-year-old black drag queen named Tony LaFlame back in Kentucky. So I came out here and, and formed a little band, and I would come out here with a... I would wear like a paper dress and rip it off and, and rip it down to a G-string and then do this flame dance. And, you know, I really thought I was going to be the next big thing out here, you know. And uh, what was happening was I was just getting weirder and weirder, you know. And... Um, <laughs> So, uh, basically what happened for me was, uh, you know, uh, I was, uh, uh, I was hooked up with this Peruvian Indian up in Laurel Canyon. And, uh, he was my drug dealer. He was my cocaine dealer. And, uh, he was living in this garage with no running water or electricity. And, uh, so I'd be going up there and, uh, doing cocaine and talking about the aliens and all that other stuff. And, uh, and what happened was my wife was three months pregnant, and uh, and she, um, I was going out on these vendors, and I wasn't really knowing what was happening to me, but you know, because I didn't do that in Kentucky. But um, so what happened was I went out on one of these vendors, and she uh, she uh, got really really upset and was going all over Hollywood looking for me, and the baby died inside of her, and she wanted me to come to the hospital and uh, hold her hand while they took the baby out, and uh, I couldn't do it. You know, and that's the nature of my disease. I'm uh, selfish and self-centered. Uh, the truth is, and I hate to say this, and, and I, you know, I've said it in front of her, and she knows, she could have probably been dying in that hospital, and I probably wouldn't have shown up. You know, and that's the truth. But the truth is today that I, I'm a totally different person, and I would do anything for her. You know, and she knows that. You know. Um, but but that's the nature of my disease. I'm selfish and self-centered. I don't care about anything or anybody else. I was telling Iski today, you know, for me to sit down with him and, and actually take time and, and try to take him through the steps is really a miracle because I, that's not me. That's not who I am. I really don't care about people, you know. And I, it's a miracle that I'm here right now because I usually, you know, I mean, it's like, yeah. So anyway... 
Uh, what happened for me was I, I hooked up. Uh, there was a guy uh, from who, uh, who was from Kentucky, and he had gotten sober. So I uh, hooked up with him, and uh, he took me to AA, and uh, I, I started getting my grounding in AA, and um, I started going through the steps there, and. Um, Basically, uh, you know, I had uh, a guy named Clint H. take me through the steps, and uh, as a result of that, I had a spiritual awakening. And during this whole process um, of being sober, uh, there were some things that were really being under, uh, uncovered for me. Um, I had a problem with money, I had a problem with sex, and I had a problem with food. And uh, and all those things, they, they, they give me a certain amount of power, you know, um, what happens for me is that on the Natch, I, I don't do very well. I don't do very well without those powerful things in my life. You know, they, they actually do something for me, you know. And uh, so, you know, my problem is when I, when I stop eating certain foods, that's really where I start getting squirrely. And uh, I start getting antsy. And, and the thing is, is that I don't have any solution for that because I don't have a God in my life. And what happens is I, I go back to the food, and I eat, and I feel comfortable, you know. But then what happens is the food wears off, and then I get that feeling again. I feel that I get that uh, feeling of irritability, uh, restlessness, and discontent. And uh, the only thing that can satisfy that is to eat again. And I eat again, and, uh, you know, I feel okay for a little while, you know. And um, so basically what happened for me was... Um, um, I the, my great blessing in this program is that I um, I faked like I believed in God, you know, because that's basically what they told me to do. So uh, you know, uh, so what I did was uh, you know I just made up a God of my own understanding, and I really didn't believe it, but I just you know I just started praying to that God, and uh, and it, and it worked for about seven years, and then I started really getting honest with myself and. Uh, uh, you know, and, and people would ask me to share at meetings and I would tell them the truth that, you know, I don't believe in God. I, I'm not, I've been sober for seven years. I'm not buying this stuff. And so anyway, I started going through the steps again and, and um, uh, it was uh, a, a really interesting thing because I, uh, we were talking about Bill's story and, uh, and in Bill's story he talks about um, being in Winchester Cathedral and he, in the beginning of his story he goes I was much moved and then I wandered outside and he's looking at this tombstone uh, of the soldier who died he doesn't talk about that experience in, Winch- in Winchester Cathedral until later on in, in, in his story and uh, the guy I was going through the steps with I told him that um, I had um, when I went to meetings I felt comfortable I felt safe and I felt like everything was going to be okay and the thing is, is I'm going to leave this meeting today and I'm going to have that same feeling. I'm going to feel like everything is okay, that I did the right thing, and that I'm, I'm going to be all right, you know. And uh, he, he told me that that was my cathedral experience, you know, that, that Bill had, you know. And um, what happened for me was on the way home from his house, uh, something happened to me. I had this feeling come over me, this feeling of, that I've had before, this peace and this serenity and I just felt like something had happened to me and so when I got home I called him and uh, and the whole time I'm, I'm having this uh, this experience and I'm saying to myself I don't want this experience to leave me you know and uh, so you know I, I get on the phone I call Clint and I said Clint I think something has happened to me on the way home 
And uh, he goes, yeah, you know, uh, it happened to me at a convention. And uh, when I, what happened was I was at that convention, I'd keep going back to my hotel room, and I would keep saying, are you with me? Are you still with me? And I knew that I was on to something because I had that same experience before I even talked to him, you know. So, um, so anyway, I, I had this experience, and, I, and the thing is, is that I've had those moments all my life. I just didn't know what to call it, you know. I didn't know what the, what it was, you know. Um, and, you know, um, the thing about it was just because I had that experience didn't mean that uh, everything was like, peachy keen and everything was perfect you know I, I, I lost a house um, I was in I had my own business and that went belly up and and that happened this whole time that I uh, had the spiritual awakening you know and uh, I ended up being okay so anyway I'm going to get to the food I'm really sorry about that because it's just you know it's part of my story and um, but uh, what happened for me was as I got sober uh, you know the food becoming started becoming more of a problem and what I did was uh, I ended up going to uh, HAL OA, and uh, I was there for a little while, and I went from 210 pounds to 145. And, uh, you know, I was walking around AA, uh, and, and I looked like a concentration camp victim. You know, I, I wasn't happy, you know, and uh, one of the old-timers there, Vince Y., uh, he goes, I tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go home. I want you to eat a cheeseburger and drink a chocolate shake. And you call me after you do that. And I'm sure you'll feel a lot better. <laughs> so, what do I do? You know, I have no defense against, you know, the first bite. I really don't. And so what I do is I, I just do what he tells me to do. And, of course, I feel a lot better, you know. And I'm off and running again. And, uh... And what happens is, after that, I, I, I start trying uh, Lindora. You know, I start getting these vitamin B shots, and I hate needles. I just cannot stand them. And here I am going to this place and getting these shots, and I'm going, oh, my God, I, I can't believe I'm doing this. And I tried the cabbage soup diet and, and just all these other things to try to control my eating, and I just, you know, just couldn't do it. And um, so what was happening was I, I was just eating really badly, and... Um, there was a guy in our uh, in my uh, AA group. His name's Michael B, and uh, he's a pretty good friend of mine. And uh, I knew that he was in OA. And uh, so, um, and up until this time, I'd been praying. You know, I've been praying for help. You know, and the way my God works is like this: um, I can sit in my room and pray all day long, and nothing will happen. <laughs> Absolutely, nothing will happen. It's not until I ask for an another person's help that that I start getting God into my life and, and, and things start happening. And, uh, you know, and that's why it's so important for me to go to meetings because um, there's people in this room and they're here tonight that actually show up here and they want to be a channel of God. They want God to move through them so that they can, so that God can talk to another person. And I have got to be around people that are like that, that are trying to channel God that so that I can be in contact with that, you know, and, and the day that I don't do that, I'm in serious trouble because I'm just talking, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that God's giving me messages or whatever, you know. And that's, that's a bad place for me to be. So anyway, I asked Michael for help, and, and he said that, it, of course, he would help me. And so basically what he told me was he just wanted me to call him in and 
call him and tell him what I was eating. So I would just call him up and I'd tell him the truth. I, like, I had a handful of pretzels today. I had a bunch of cookies. And, uh, and this went on for like two or three months. And uh, eventually what happened was I started refining my food plan and uh, started uh, you know, getting a, a little bit more specific about it. And uh, today my, my abstinence is three meals a day and I have uh, a snack in between each meal. And um, and things have changed for me a lot in OA too. Um, like um, like I, I I I've had problems on and off with diet cokes, and uh, it's just been like a real love hate thing. And 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 like what I did with that was um, I, I switched from diet cokes to uh, wild cherry Pepsi diet because there was only one place in Burbank that sold it, you know. So I figured that if if there was only one place that sold it, I wouldn't drink it as much, right? So. So here it is, you know, I'm doing this, and now I'm, I'm like casing out the 7-Eleven like it's a liquor store, you know. And the guy knows exactly what I'm buying every day, you know, and it's like, you know, so, you know, eventually I, I just gave that up. And, um, you know, recently I had a problem, uh, well, about as of about two weeks ago with protein bars, you know. I was just, you know, once again... I, I took a look at the calorie count on them, and I go, oh, my God, you know, it's like almost half of what I'm eating, you know. I mean, half of my calorie in, intake, you know. So I had to let those things go, you know. And um, and and what it's been for me, my food plan has been, uh, you know, I've, I've just been refining it as time goes on, you know. I uh, uh, For the longest time in OA, uh, for about seven years, I'd been uh, around 185, and uh like uh, about a year ago, I started weighing and measuring my food, and uh, I dropped another 30 pounds. And um, so now I'm uh, like 155, and I, I, I feel pretty good about that. You know, I feel pretty comfortable, and uh, I'm, I'm probably in the best shape that I've ever been in my life. And uh, you know, I uh, spiritually, I just um, you know, <laughs> I was telling Lisky this. You know, I was doing these uh, affirmations, you know, in the morning. And one of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to sponsor people because I wasn't sponsoring anybody in AA, you know. And I really felt like I needed to work with people, you know. So uh, I started doing these affirmations, and you know, sure enough, I get people in, in OA asking me to sponsor them, and I'm going, God, you know, I, I wanted people in AA to sponsor, not OA, you know. And I, you know, it's like once again, you know, I'm thinking that, you know. But anyway, you know, I, I, what I'm doing is I'm just rolling with it. You know, it's it, like I told uh, Iski. You know, it's uh, I don't believe in coincidences anymore. I believe I'm, there's a purpose for me, and there's a reason for everything that's happening to me. And and I just accept it for what it is. You know, I mean, this is what God wants me to do. You know, and uh, that's that's why I'm here tonight too. Um, I, um, you know, I um, my disease is is you know. Coming baffling and powerful, you know. I know that uh, any time that I spin from it, uh, I, you know, it's just as bad as it was when it started. You know, I uh, the book talks about it like uh, touching a, a hot flame on a stove. You know, I'll get burned and then I'll stay away from it for a while, and then I'll go. Well, maybe protein bars weren't that bad for me. You know, <laughs> maybe I could eat those again. You know, and. Uh, the only thing that can save me from that is, is a, a conscious contact with God and, and to not rest on my laurels and, and, and take spiritual actions, you know. And spiritual actions to me is working with other people, you know, and just sharing uh, my experience, strength, and hope. And um, I'm going to go ahead and stop.
And uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, asking me to be here. Thanks a lot. And, uh, and now we will open the floor for questions, right? Uh, do I mind sharing the affirmations that I had? Uh, yeah, um, I, one of the affirmations was, uh, you, know, um, um, you know, sponsoring other people. Another affirmation that I had was um, uh, just being being consciously aware of God's presence in my life, you know, and uh, being being aware of His love for me. Um, uh, one thing that uh, another thing that I had an affirmation of was I wanted to start a band, and I, I did that. And um, let's see what else did, uh, were some of the things. Um, uh, I think I had something about a rental property or something, owning a rental property, and I have one in Kentucky. And, you know, so, yeah. What actions do I take around letting go of food? Um, usually, I, I have to be beaten into submission. Really, you know. I mean, and, and a prime example is the, the the diet cokes and the protein bars. You know, I will just use those till like I'm. Bleeding Diet Coke, you know, and then I'll, I'll I'll have to ask for help, and I ask my sponsor. What you know, like with the protein bars and the Diet Cokes, what I do is I just tell him. I go, hey, you know, I think I have I, I have a problem with this, and he goes, okay, well, you know, you know what to do, and and give me a call and let me know what how it's going, you know. So usually, um, to answer your question, you know, I let my sponsor in on it, you know. And that, that usually takes the power out of it right away, you know. Oh, okay. Um, what are what are my favorite steps and what are my least favorite steps? Um, I think uh, uh, my least favorite, and, and and just because you know, like you know, going through the steps, you know, like the first time I went through, I, I always think that I'm doing everything wrong. You know, I, I I always have this feeling that I'm just not doing things right. So you know, with the Steps six and seven, you know, those have been always been a little ambiguous for me. You know, I just, you know, never know if I've done those properly or, you know. Um, so those are probably my least favorite, you know, since I don't know if I've done them properly or not. But my favorite, I, I think, uh, currently is uh, the 11th step. Uh, I really uh, I really enjoy meditation, you know, and I do that. And I just started doing yoga, and I kind of have that same... Uh, a little, it's a little different, but it, it's similar in, in that it kind of clears my head, and I'm real focused, and I can really be in the now, you know. And uh, I really, I really try to carry that out through my day, you know. And it's kind of hard, but uh, you know, it's something that I'm, I'm definitely working on right now. But, yeah. How do I work the? How do I use the steps in the program uh, with my wife? Well. Um, for the longest time, I thought I was, and she's sober too, right? So, for the longest time, I, I thought that she was, I was the only one that was like admitting that I was wrong when I was wrong and making amends for it, because it seemed like she never, ever did that, you know? And uh, it would just drive me crazy, you know? It was like, come on, you know, you've got to, you know, you got to admit some of this, you know? And, and what, what was really helpful was when we had kids because my kids could start saying it. And I, I go, yeah, I'm, I wasn't really that crazy. But what, what's happened for me is that um, I just, um, I, I basically treat her the way I want to be treated, 
you know. And and it's taken me a while. I mean, we we hooked up when we were 18, and, and we're 52 now. So um, we've been together for a long time. So um, it's it's just been. Um, for us, it's it's just been a matter of uh, compromising. You know, we've always had sponsorship in our life. You know, we always have uh, the program, and we know that if we have a problem, that we go to our sponsors and talk to them. And uh, you know, we're the the beautiful thing about our relationship is that we want it to work. You know, and we we you know, and that's that's really an important thing. You know, if one person in that relationship doesn't want it to work, it's not going to work. You know, so. Um, that's been the most important thing for me. I think, you know, my relationship with my wife is, is like a dream because it, it has been through so many changes. You know, I, I mean, you know, we, you know, I, I did the, the punk rock thing and, and wearing women's clothing and stuff like that. And now I'm doing this and, uh, you know, and, and I converted to Catholicism and, and she freaked out about that, you know, because it was like, oh my God, we used to hate those people. What are you doing? You know? And, uh, so, um, you know, so it's kind of been like this big transformation and, and it's always moving and it's always changing, you know? Um, so it's, it's almost like a running target, you know, it's like, you know, uh, and it's a good thing, though, you know, I mean, and we kind of accepted that, that we're just always changing and, and always being different people, you know, so I don't know if that answers your question or not. But. Yeah, uh, the question is, how do, how do I balance uh, the, the two different programs that I'm in right now? And, um, you know, um, uh, Chuck Chamberlain, who used to be in AA, he, he said something like, um, he said that there's no divisions in his life uh, between work and AA and, uh, you know, things that he do, does. And, and I kind of feel that way, too. I, I I just see it as it's it's all the same to me, you know, uh, my work and, you know, I, I practice a spiritual program at work the same as I do as in, in meetings and, and with my kids and with my wife, you know. I, there's no division really, and I truly believe that, and I try. I really try to strive for that. You know, I don't try to compartmentalize. You know, and like you know, with Isky, you know, I'll share. I'll. I'll sh- uh, I, I can only tell him the truth, my truth, and you know, my truth is what my life is. You know, what I've been through, and that's all I have. You know, to share with people. You know, and if it resonates with him, you know, then that's fine. If it doesn't, then that's okay too. You know, but uh, you know, I just tell him the truth. You know. So, yeah, so, the, so I, I'm just trying to get the question. So the the question was, uh, you know, how how did I come uh, from uh, not believing in God into believing into God? Um, I, um, you know, I um, what I think one of the most important things that ever happened to me was I I, I asked my mother one time about a, a question about God, and she goes, "Honey." You never question the Lord, you know. <laughs> and ever since she told me that, I've been asking questions, you know. And and that's been the the great blessing for me is that you know I I all I I always need an answer. I you know it's like I need proof of this, you know. I really need some kind of concrete proof that this is real, you know. And uh, it it was it was used it, it would dog me for the longest time because you know I would be trying to figure out the invisible, you know. I mean, it's just like, why, you know, why am I trying to do this, you know? It just is. And um, it, it took me a, a while to to really uh, get it, you know. But 
like I said before, I think the, the beauty about the program is that you can make up a God of your own understanding. And, and you can even fake it until you make it, you know. And, and that's basically what I did, you know. I, when, I, when I first got into the program, I really thought it was just another goofy mistake that I made and that it was just a matter of time before they were going to pass out Kool-Aid with, uh, some, you know, like the Jonestown thing. You know, I really thought that I was in a cult, you know. And I thought, I go, God, you know, I just made another goofy mistake, you know. But it didn't turn out that way. You know, the, the great thing was they didn't ask me for any money, so I knew I was on something good. <laughs> you know, so... Um, but uh, that's kind of how I started, was I just, um, you know, faked like I believed it. And um, and then I started getting, on, like I said, I started getting honest with myself, and, and I, I, I didn't really believe in God, you know. And... Uh, what happened? The, the transformation that happened for me was those moments that I had in my life. You know, like um, I, uh, like uh, there was a, a guy that I used to work with uh, in uh, our, a Saturday night meeting that we went to, and uh, he was really bad. And anyway, the, the long and short of it was he ended up dying, and uh, his uh, mother found my business card in his in his wallet. And she called me to go to his memorial service. So I went there, and he'd been dead for like two weeks in his apartment. And uh, they had an open casket, which I couldn't believe, and they had gauze over it and everything. And um, I I believe I was the only one in program there. Um, And everybody else was, uh, you know, getting up saying, oh, yeah, you should have seen Ron. He was drunk and at this concert, and he was puking, and the police grabbed him and threw him in jail. Ha, ha, ha. And they were all laughing, thinking it was all funny and stuff. And... uh, the thing about it was I walked out of that memorial service and I had that feeling that I did the right thing, that I tried to help this guy the best I could, and I had that feeling come over me again, that peace and that serenity, you know. And this was before I had that awakening with, uh, you know, the, the guy that I went through the steps, but I remembered that, you know. I remembered all these times in my life where I had those moments. And um, I just... Um, what finally happened was it, it, it was just a matter of time, timing, you know, where he, you know, like he pointed out that part in Bill's book. And I, I must have read that part a hundred times in his story about Winchester Cathedral, you know, how he really needed and wanted God and he came to him. And I really think that that's really another key to it, too, is is wanting to have God in your life, you know. I really believe if you don't want God in your life, it's not going to happen, you know. It really won't. And, and if you, if, if, for me, I really wanted that. I, I needed that because there was things happening in my life that I just could not solve on my own power, you know. And I knew that other people in the program were, were getting it, and, and for whatever reason, I wasn't getting it, and I wanted it. So, um, the thing that I did was I, I started going through the steps again. And by going through the steps again, that it happened. You know, I, I found what I was looking for. You know, so. Basic, uh, she asked if I have a morning practice. And basically what I do is um, I get up and I, I pray. Uh, um, I ask God to direct my thinking. And then um, what I do is I read, um, uh, like in the in the in the Catholic Church, they read three readings. They read one from the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the uh, the Gospel. And so what I do is I break that up. I'll read 
one of those three. And then uh, what I've been doing lately is I've been I've never read the stories in the back of the big book. I've never read them, you know. So I just started reading those in the morning too. And then I have this little prayer book that uh, I'll read uh, one page out of. And then uh, I meditate for 15 minutes. And um, when, I med- when I started meditating, it, um, it was really, really hard uh, because my head, my head was going a mile an hour, you know. And I would be sitting at the edge of my bed while my wife was asleep and just the most horrendous thoughts would go through my head, you know. And um, I just... It, it wasn't until a, a, a while of practicing that that I was able to get some kind of uh, calmness in my head, you know, for 15 minutes. And you know, I, I don't, I don't know what it was. But I, I thought I was afraid that if that voice went away, that I might go crazy or something, because I, I've always had that voice in my head, and it was like some kind of comfort. To you know, I, I, it, it was like, and I didn't know what was going to happen if I tried to shut that down, you know. And um, but what happens is I get this uh, this this feeling, this euphoria that that's really really interesting, you know, like just uh, just being aware of all the sounds that are around me. You know, I do sound for a living, so I'm really tuned into noises and, and things like that. But I, and and just uh, the silence, you know, is uh, and 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 what happens is. As I do that, I really feel a part of the universe. I really feel like I'm a part of this planet, you know. And I never really used to feel that way. You know, I always felt apart from it from for whatever reason, you know. Okay. Yeah, the, the question is how I relate to uh, people back in Kentucky, uh, where I'm from. Uh, um, well, um, they, they pretty much know me as Bobby back there, right? And um, um, some of them uh, know that I'm sober, and they they know the change. And you know, my 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 parents really knew that too. You know, uh, I made amends to them, and um, you know, I made amends to my mom before she died. And uh, she, I think she really knew that there was something happening to me. Um, but she, you know, she was doing like pain medication and stuff like that, so she was kind of like in her own little world. But. Um, yeah, you know, today I have a really good relationship with people. I, I you know, it's it's a little interesting because I came from a, a, a really uh, uh, interesting art, art community back there, and I, I we all kind of had the same ideologies and uh, things like that. And uh, I've kind of expanded a little bit on what I believe and stuff like that. And it, a lot of times, it, I, I don't think that it. it meshes with what they believe, you know, I mean, like I said before, you know, we, we couldn't stand Christians, we couldn't stand all that stuff, because we felt like it was kind of a repressive thing for the arts, you know, and, um, but, I, you know, I've kind of changed, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not so much into that, you know, I mean, I'm into art and everything, but I'm not, I, I've found something else, you know, I, I guess I'm not as close-minded about that as I used to be, you know, and, and and that's the thing. And I hope my friends back there are like that too. But I'm not. I'm not really sure if that answers your question or not. Uh, you know, I, I I hear that sometimes in OA, and and I and I hear you know, and, and I'm just going to tell you the way I feel. You know, uh, I hear people talking about loving loving themselves, and I I just don't get that in the book at all. I, I've never seen that. You know, and what I've seen in the book is uh, helping other people, being of service, uh, loving other people, helping complete strangers that you don't even know. You know, 
And what what has happened as a result of me doing those things is I end up loving myself and I get self-esteem, you know. And, and it's like I didn't even try to do that, you know. I didn't even try to forgive myself or I didn't even try to love myself. What I did was I just reached out my hand and, and helped somebody else out, you know, the way that somebody else has helped me out, you know. And as a result of that, I, I feel comfortable with me. I feel... I don't feel like I have to love myself, you know. I feel like just the fact that I'm loving somebody else, a complete stranger, you know, I feel like I'm okay, you know. Okay. Yeah, the question is, uh, now that I'm 155, do I ever feel like going back to uh, my old eating the way, the way I used to? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it's... The program is so ingrained in my life, you know, it really is. I mean, we have like the 12 steps and 12 traditions on our wall at the house, you know. I mean, I'm not kidding. I mean, it's like, so, I mean, it's like, it's just kind of a part of my life, you know. I mean, um, and, and this, this I hope is, is the way it is too, you know, that this will be the way it is, you know, that I always have a sponsor in OA, that I always check in with him, and that, uh, you know, I'll always have a food plan. You know, and, uh, you know, because I, I really do, I feel like I'm eating the healthiest I've ever e- eaten in my life, you know, and, and it's sane, you know, and I know that, you know. So, you know, and, and I'm kind of like, when when I grasp onto something, I really kind of grab it, and, and I, I'm a, a compulsive, right? It's obsessive, yeah. So. Hi. 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 Yeah. Is that, um, that, is that the OA? Um, how the how OA? No. Uh-uh. No. I'm just doing like a portion approach. So what I do is I have um, three portions of uh, vegetables, which are uh, basically a cup a day, and then three portions of fruit, which is a cup of each fruit, and then uh, three portions of protein, three ounces, and then four pro- portions of uh, carbs. Uh, yeah, uh, like sugar, white flour, yeah. I stay away from those, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much.